Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and get started listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM to get started now. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Perpetually Correct, presented by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I'm joined by JB and Kyle Beats. Fellas, good evening. What's going on? J-Mac, we're back for another week. I'd certainly say we're at the the grind point of the season, if there ever is one. It's uh, not every week's fun. It's not fun. (laughs) It's not fun at all. It's not fun, whether however you're invested fantasy wise, team wise. So you know when the your team gets uh, the crap beat out of it Sunday night football, uh, bets don't go your way. It's just not a not an enjoyable week to get off the schneid. Yeah, talking, getting ready for the show tonight. This is like the darkest I've seen Jason this season for sure. <laughs> just unhappy with his picks, unhappy with the Cowboys' perf- performance. But you know this happens once a season, and it's it's you put a little. Uh, hair on your chest, but I think you'll bounce out of it. And I certainly hope the Cowboys do, man. Because I was, I was telling J-Mac this, man, I still think they were the most talented team on the field. Yeah, that I, yeah. yeah, that was that, – that's a lot. To, Kel, like, Kellen, Kellen Moore should be a head coach, though, right? Um, No, if you do some reading, you listen to what Steven and Jerry said, it sounds like on those two run plays, it was an actual option read for Dak. I don't, I don't know how – if the third and two was an RPO, that's a bad handoff. It is a terrible sure. handoff because if you look at it, they it was an overloaded left hand. All screen. flowing that way. Yep. Yeah, you had three. You had your center, right guard, and right tackle to block a linebacker and DN. So, yeah, I don't know if that's a bad read. What's going on with Dak on that play? The fourth down was even worse because I think you took a timeout and then you decided your best play was a five yard out route versus the best coverage linebacker in the NFL. So. I mean, so you're running back, and it's like Amari was going off. How do you not give Amari the ball one of those two plays? Uh, yeah, even on a jet sweep. I mean, you've seen that, and you know, I, I know they've they've sold out to stop the run, and we talk about this all the time. But god damn, you got a six five, two hundred fifty pound quarterback. Do two QB sneaks and move on, man. Yep. I was talking to Kyle about this, and it just feels like what this comes down to is coaching. They've got the talent on the field. Like they really yeah. do. It just feels like it comes down to coaching and play calling. That's just horrendous sometimes. Maybe if it was if that was an, an RPO on third and two and Dak misread that, that's unacceptable for him in, in, in year four. Yeah, to but, not see that the defense is flowing to that side and they're overloaded and to hand that off because you probably I haven't gone back and watched the film, but either Gallup or Amari, who whoever's out wide on the right, is probably running a slant or a cross and relatively open or one-on-one with uh, what was that? Mike Hughes, that corner was getting his lunch ate all night, dude. Like I just, I, I, I like putting the ball in the air. There it was clear that the Vikings game plan was stop Zeke. Well, yeah. And I mean, this is what I talked with J Mac about last week is uh, the Vikings corners are extremely slow. Xavier Woods is not what he used to be just with physical. all of his injuries. You can burn him on slants. You, he, he's really not the guy that, 
he's probably you could slide him into a safety position at this point in his mm-hmm. career. More of a downhill guy than a side to side. So uh, this, this, the Cowboys did exactly what I thought they could for <laughs> two thirds of the game. It, and I don't know what the issue is, whether it's Jason Garrett being too involved in the game planning because these scripted plays early are horrendous. And usually it's the opposite. Usually with teams, your first two drives, whether they're scripted or not, look a lot better. But the Cowboys honestly look far better when you can tell that it's Kellen Moore calling plays and it's not Jason Garrett in scripted plays. It's just getting into a flow of it, letting Dak move. So um, I have no reservations on Dak. I, I, don't, I truly think the defense was horrendous as well. I mean, a lot of his tackles. Yeah. Yeah. You had some opportunities to stop him there. And he, yeah, I, I don't know. That, that's a tough one. I think you're going to look back on this and it's going to cost the Cowboys the division and probably a playoff spot. But Dak, I mean, he went 28 for 46, 397 yards and three touchdowns. That's not a no, terrible. Dak played great that yeah, game. No, great it wasn't game. on Dak. I mean, yeah. Zeke needs to do a little bit more. Like, they had eight guys in the box on most of the plays, so I'm not going to beat him up for having like a three-and-a-half-yard average. And he didn't really lose yards on very many plays, and he took some two-yard losses and turned them to two-yard gains. That's fine. But he needs to, which he hasn't done this year like he has previous years, he needs to bust one. He needs to get a 30, 40-yarder and, and, and flip the field and just get some momentum on the offense. And we just didn't see – I don't know what his longest rush was in that game, but it was probably like nine yards. Yeah, yeah but you also got to factor in here something that was not known during the game. You know, Zach Martin had an arm injury that he injured. Correct, in I game. saw that. Connor Williams had knee surgery yesterday uh, that he played with through the game. Travis Fredericks banged up. Um, Lyle Collins has a back injury. I mean, you just you're you're beat up. But it. isn't it fair to say that that like that's why I'm saying it's okay for him to average three and a half with those, with those circumstances and that defense. But he does need to have a play when you're making that money to the point J Max made. If you're going to pay a running back like that, he has to make a play like that in the game. Have to. Have to, uh, yeah. So uh, it's unfortunate they moved to five and four. You ask me when you're three and zero, looking ahead, you, this would uh, I wouldn't believe you to say that we we go on a two and four run, but here we are. So yeah, well we can we can transition to college football. I could sit here and bitch about the Cowboys for five <laughs> hours. So <laughs> yeah, maybe edit that out for everyone. But yeah, college football ranks certainly a fantastic weekend. We are all over LSU. J-Mac took them for us here on the best bets. Kind of what we thought. You know, J-Mac, you and I talked at nauseum about LSU's ability to move the ball versus Alabama's offense. It was just going to really be determined if Alabama would allow them from the standpoint if they were going to lean heavy on the run game and try to control the clock. Well, LSU got ahead early, and this thing turned into a shootout, which that was one of the two scenarios we really saw. But I guess, J-Mac, when you're looking at this – Two is already being possibly ruled out this week. So how healthy really did we see an Alabama team last week? I think it was a combination of two things. So I do think the health played a factor a little bit. But, I mean, it's easy to go blame health at this point in the season whenever you're looking at records like, you know, 8-1, and 9-0 kind of thing. So, I mean, you know, you played a lot of games. And, I mean, two is a good quarterback. He's not going to sacrifice the future for, you know, an extra win or whatever. I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem as important in the grand scheme of things for a guy like him. And further than that, it feels like LSU did exactly what JB and I talked about that they needed to do last week is go out and just punch him in the mouth early and then just yep. keep hammering the ball over and over and over again. I mean, LSU's offense is good. Joe Burrow is good, but like it doesn't always look very pretty, but they come up with the right plays at the right times. And that's what really 
what made the difference in this game to me is that they really just kind kind of continued to hold Alabama in spots where they weren't comfortable. You could tell. And Nick Saban, you could see it on his face, too. They were never comfortable in this game. Not there was one. a lot of oh shit moments on his face where he looked very uncomfortable and like he was perplexed. And that's it's like awkward to see him look like that. It feels right. weird yeah. and foreign to see him like that. But I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head with LSU. Every time they needed a big play, they made it over and over and over. Uh, we saw what Joe Burrows, you know, he just spiked on the Heisman odds, which is fair. I don't think to JB's original question, two was probably maybe 50, 60%. Like he was not right. He didn't run uh, at all. He I didn't mean, extend he any plays. Like it's like, it's like Mahomes with the kneecap thing. Like yeah. they're, they're good pocket passers, but they're great players because of their extension uh, ability right. of the play when they roll out. And as much as I like LSU, I think I respect them. They're the better team right now. They should be ranked number one. I, I, I don't know if they win that game with a healthy Tua. Maybe not. But, I mean, Tua went 21 for 40, 418 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Joe Burrow went 31 of 39, 393 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, pretty good. Pretty good. But I mean, I think it's obvious Tua is probably the better quarterback there, though, right? At the end of the day. I think so. Not not by that line necessarily, but just as a, a I mean. I, what I took away from that, though, is I think those are clearly two of the three best teams. I'm going to give a little nod to Ohio State. Um, but we haven't really seen them beat anyone. I mean, we could say Wisconsin, but they don't have the athletes that are in the SEC. Uh, what I do like, though, is that Alabama, I think, came out in the first polls. They're at five. Is that correct? Mm, who? Are they? Alabama. Yeah, they're number five. Yeah. yeah five. So yeah. I think it's fair to keep them out for the time being because they should be punished for ha- going and playing teams like the Citadel. It, I hate that shit so much. I know you yeah. play in the SEC. Schedule like – a decent, you know, like Wake like Forest, Wake Forest, like a low end power five school. Yeah. Go play I, Illinois or something like go beat the Pac-12 up. Right. Yeah. LSU went into UT like they are at least making an effort. Yes. Right. Like the Citadel is unacceptable. So I think they're being punished for that. You know, Georgia made an effort. They went they played Notre Dame. You know, like I like that. It makes the out of conference more fun. So I don't have a problem with, uh, you know, the committee leaving them out for the time being, even though I still think they're one of the four best teams. I yeah, and I that. guess that just goes to the question with it. I mean, obviously, if any of these teams, LSU, Ohio State, run the table, they're going to be in. But if you're looking at a team, let's say Oregon, who goes 12-1, and one, or Utah, uh, to Kyle Chagrin would be nice, yes. goes 12-1, and one, and you have a Bama team that beats Auburn, goes 11-1, and one, their only top 50 win would be Auburn. To your point, Kyle, you know, the Citadel on there as well. So – I mean, I guess to me, I'm with you. The committee needs to define it. Are we looking for the top? Are we looking at the top four teams that we as a committee think, hey, I don't care who you played. I don't care what the results were. But I can tell you that Alabama is a top four team in the nation, which they are. I mean, talent-wise, yes. Or are we going with, hey, the top four bodies of work? And I think it should be the bodies of work. It's the same way in NCAA college basketball. Just because I know Kentucky's got four lottery picks, if they have a 20 and 10 season, losing the first round of, you know, the SEC tournament, no marquee wins, even though I know they're probably a top 16 team, we put them at an eight. You know, we've seen right. that. So I don't know why you wouldn't follow suit when it's the same format. This is a knockout format, it's a tournament format. You're taking the resumes from the regular season. I don't I don't know why they continue to reward 
teams like Notre Dame last year, who everyone knew was mm. not a top four team in the well, nation. But I agree with that, but I guess I'm con- contradicting myself here because Notre Dame's body of work last year was, I mean, they, they did lose to Georgia, but it was by a point. Like, they got credited for that because they, they had a good overall body of work because they always play a pretty decent schedule, mm-hmm. and they were definitely not one of the four best teams. They got there, well, they lose like 30 to three or 34 oh, yeah, to yeah. three to Clemson. Yeah. That was yeah. pass whooping. So, why, why do we give credits for good? There's not a good loss. If you lose, you lose. I don't care if it's to Alabama okay. or LSU or the Citadel. I mean, why is that any different? I don't hold Georgia as a different standard with one loss than Alabama. You can only See, play what's in front of you. It's the same way when BYU won their national championship. What was that back in the 80s? You know, it was OU playing, I think, I forget who, in the Orange Bowl. And they were saying, well, if OU goes 12-1, and one, they're going to get the national championship over BYU. No, BYU played their schedule. Mm. They went undefeated. They were the only undefeated team in college football that year just because they didn't play in the you – know, so I, I hate this. I hate yeah. this narrative that Bama's loss isn't bad because it was only a handful of points to LSU, and LSU completely dominated them in a much more style than I think maybe the scoreboard suggests. That's fair. Let me ask you guys this. So do you agree with one through three being LSU, Ohio State, Clemson? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah, and this is what we talked about last week, J-Mac, why I didn't understand why they put Ohio State at one, because this is exactly what I said was going to happen. LSU was going to beat Bama. Then they were going to leapfrog Ohio State, and it just makes them look stupid. So in your mind, would you flip-flop Alabama and Georgia? Is that really the change you would make there for that top five? I I think Alabama's better than Clemson. Uh yeah, I think mm, yeah, I think so too. With an eighty percent Tua, I'm taking I'm taking Alabama as the second or third best team. I mean, the tough part is I think with reputation alone, Bama's going to make it in as long as they get yeah. LSU to run the table. They make sure Oregon or Utah wins. I, I mean, I, I think if Oregon wins out, they have a great case. Uh, barely a loss too. to Auburn. It was a miracle they loss They dominated to Auburn. that game. Yeah. yeah they, you, they, are but, they the top four team in the nation? Absolutely not. But Oregon is certainly a team with a nice body of work. And they lost week one. Whether we want to admit it or not, that does hold a different weight than losing in your national championship. It does. And I, I, that, I'm okay with the, there's no such thing as a – as a good loss, even though I disagree with it, I understand your point. I never understood how losing in the first week is different than losing in the 12th week, but it's just human nature. Like we, we treat yeah. it that way, even though yeah. it shouldn't matter. Um, I did want to run this by you though. Cause I agree with you, Jason. I do think that Oregon has a great uh, case. If they go 12 and one and they win the pack 12 sure. and they, very they, easy schedule to the pack, very easy schedule, but yep. they travel well and they bring money. And that is part of it. Um, do you think if Baylor went 13-0 and and ran the Big 12 and won, they would get in over Oregon? Because I do, yeah. and I don't think they should. And I, I don't – well, maybe it's hard because if we're looking at talent, Oregon's more talented than Baylor to me. But Baylor's body of work would be better because they would have wins against o- OU probably twice, Texas, Ohio, Iowa State, TCU. Yeah, I, I mean, they're a power – if you're a Power 5 school and you go 13-0 and with a conference championship, you're, you're- in. You're, you're going to be in. This Especially, is a down year for the Big 12, but I still agree with that. Yeah, but, it, yeah, you do look at it. They're a 10-point dog at home this week for OU, so um, I don't think they're going to find themselves through four more wins. I mean, it's kind of a similar set as the Minnesota Gophers, who had a terrific win versus Penn State, but you know, look at the numbers of that game. They 
Penn State should have won that game. It's pretty um, disrespectful. I don't even throw Minnesota into this conversation. Yeah, I mean they're nine and zero right now. They head on the highway down to uh, Iowa. Yeah, that's that's an interesting line. Uh, look ahead on that. Very different than minus three. So, um, but I'll digress. Um, I mean, but yeah, the Gophers and, and Penn State are two teams that I've completely faded lately. I mean, I don't think Penn State is as good as their record, but I also don't think Minnesota's that good either. Um, we're, we're in a spot, though, where I think we're going to see Ohio State wrap up the Big Ten. I don't see a slip-up coming there. I think we're in agreement on Clemson going 13-0. and um, And I would just be sure. I'm not sold that Georgia's going to play LSU either. I, I mean, we do have Georgia-Auburn this weekend, and it's a three-point spread. I don't know why we're writing off that Georgia's just going to run the table. They've lost to South Carolina. This team's not an elite team. So if they lose, though, who, does Florida get in on the East? Because Florida lost to Georgia, though, so they would Georgia would still have the tiebreaker over them. Yeah, it would have to be Florida, right? Let, let's take a look here. But then, yeah, but they're I, I think they have two conference losses, so they're not going to get they're not going to get that knock. Yeah, because they lost mm, to LSU true. as That's well. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Let's I mean, see. Florida's only no. lost this year to LSU and Georgia. It's really not that bad. I, I I think they're the fifth best team in the SEC and could be the first best team in a lot of conferences. Yeah. So yeah, you're spot on with the Georgia Florida. Uh, but I just don't want to write off the fact that Georgia plays Auburn on the road and then A&M. Um, yeah. Jimbo can win big games. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. And A&M hasn't had a marquee win yet. It's a six and three team. Um, There's, you know, coming off the bye week, they have South Carolina this week at home, 10 and a half point favorite. You're probably not putting all your attention there this week. You're probably looking ahead a little bit. So I just, I, I'm nervous to the fact of just penciling in Georgia uh, to the SEC championship game. But e- either way, I-, I don't think Georgia's defense would have any ability to slow down LSU if, if Bama did not. I agree. We- I agree we've talked that. about it at nauseum. Georgia down the middle is just horrendous this year. And no pass rush. I, I- If that line was anything under minus 10, I think you'd have to grab LSU. But um, it just seems like destiny right now for LSU to be playing in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the national championship. But it feels that yeah. way. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it really does. Uh, well, any sleepers? I mean, are you guys hopping on a Utah-Oregon bandwagon here at all? I've already hopped on and off the Utes, so it's just disrespectful. But we all know I said it in the first week. But I, I, I don't see a way that they can beat Oregon. I don't think they have the athletes. Because I watched them lose that game to USC, and it was like watching like 3A corners try to guard NFL receivers. It was terrible. It really was. That game was horrible and a half. Yeah. They, they had 250 rush yards, and USC had like seven, and they lost. Do you guys feel like OU has gotten some disrespect here? I mean, I know that they've struggled in spots, but it feels like they're being a little bit disrespected at 10. Uh, yeah, it seems a little low to me. I, I'm honestly fine maybe teasing that down or, or taking it the way it is. I, I I think it's just a game you have to go one way or the other. You either are an OU believer. Yeah. You're saying, hey, this team, you know, is coming off a close win, recency bias, national TV. There wasn't a great game at night because remember the LSU Bama game uh, was at 2:30, and Minnesota Penn State was at 11. So really, the OU game to a lot of was probably a highly viewed spectrum for a lot of folks. So That's true. Yeah, I, I think you saw an open around minus eight and a half immediately get pushed out to minus ten. Um, Again, Baylor should have lost to a back backup quarterback in TCU who had a broken hand, but they didn't. So yeah. um, <laughs> that's 
That's why we're sitting here this week. But yeah, I mean, in the other game, the undefeated, the Gophers, I mean, I would imagine that they're going to get slaughtered by Iowa in, a, in like a gross 10-9 to game. I wouldn't be shocked if the Gophers lose the next three. They end the year wow. with Wisconsin, and uh, they could face a one-win team in Northwestern on the road. And uh, this Northwestern team still battles, but I, I, I don't think – I think people will be shocked at the line on this game for Northwestern Minnesota, especially if Minnesota loses versus Iowa this week. Um, it, I don't think it would be much outside of a field goal. So okay. we'll see. I'm very intrigued to watch this weekend because that could be a huge spot for Northwestern next week. Okay. Looking forward to it. Yep. Well, guys, we'll head to our favorite segment in the NFL where we'll try to get back on track. The would you lay it? Uh, you know, the Miami Dolphins have been firmly removed from this section. Now a two-win team. Uh, don't jump on the bandwagon nope. now. You know, Fitzmagic is full effect. We will head with the Oakland Raiders, who I don't think we'd be talking about as a double-digit favorite, but 10-and-a-half at home versus Cincinnati. You guys, last week, Ryan Finley, the rookie at NC State, looked atrocious trying to do anything versus Baltimore. Will he find any more luck versus the Oakland Raiders? Go yeah, ahead, I think so. Or no, no, I did do not. I'm sorry. I think I would lay this. Yeah, I would lay this. Not, I think well. Cincinnati has easily claimed the worst team in the league. It's it's not the Dolphins anymore. It's I guess it's who, Cincinnati or the Jets probably. Probably. Yeah, I mean, I think Cincinnati. If you're going to continue to roll out Ryan Finley for the rest of the year, I we're going to get that, a little Jeff Driscoll action. Mm. What'd you say? Jeff, a little Jeff Driscoll action? Or is he, uh, has he moved on from the, their, their services? Jeff Driscoll's with the Detroit Lions. He there started we go. last week. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, yeah. Over for Stafford. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, they're, if they're going to roll out backups, I think this Raiders team is pretty decent. I told J Mac that. I mean, yeah, I agree with you that. Know, the, the Jacobs kid, I know I'm hopping on the bandwagon late here, but I mean, he won him the game with that run last week. And he's, he's, you could see, when he comes on the sideline, how hyped he is! You can see that people are believing in him. Derek Carr's driving the, you know, steering the ship relatively, ish, competently, kind of like I, I oh, don't fully a, trust him, but I, I trust him to get the sixth seed in the AFC, but not to do anything. Yeah, I mean, Derek Carr's had a fantastic year for Oakland. I think Gruden's really re-cemented himself as you know one of the top-tier coaches in the NFL to be taking this roster and what he's doing. Uh, X's and O's wise. And again, this was an offense designed around having Antonio Brown in the fold. So when you remove that right before the season, you lose Tyrell Williams to injury. Then you get him back. You trade for Zay Jones. Josh Jacobs is running downhill. It's a fantastic offensive line with young guys and veterans mixed in. You know, I really did knock on Oakland last year every week for what Gruden did with having one of the, having the oldest roster in the NFL. Um, it's almost like he did have a great plan in place. So we're trading these guys well, away. We're bringing in, we're going to get the locker room with a veteran leadership. And then we're going to bring in a plethora of young talent through the draft, which they did this year. And they're going to come into a situation where they can succeed and have guys to lead them. And that is a problem with a lot of these young teams trying to rebuild, looking just at the Jets. You know, bringing Sam Darnold, not having that direction, not having that leadership. So I think we've actually seen Gruden's plan come to fruition here, and it's kind of exciting to get behind. So, and, uh, and, and I, Colin Farrell, a kid I've hated on 
been having a brutal year looked a lot better last week. Looked that's, a lot uh, that's the uh, D lineman from Clemson. Yeah. 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 I want to, I want to back you up though the, there for just a second though, because I'm not giving all the credit to Gruden on this. Mike Mayock has proven himself to be someone who can take the skills out of the booth and, you know, and out of the, not the sort of the booth, but I guess like the, the, you know, draft breakdown yeah. type booth or whatever you want to call that, I guess. And, sure. and apply that. And it's really like, he's, I think he partners well with Gruden. I'm not ready to hand Gruden the keys to the whole thing as far as saying that he's done it all, but he's also using those pieces. You can sell they're on the same page. He's using those pieces and he's he's basically playing the team the way it's made to be built. And you can tell that Mike Mayock is is looking, you know, at what Gruden wants to do as well. And they seem to be a really good tandem team together. And that's not something we ever see out of Oakland. And we didn't see sure. that early on. I think Yeah, for sure easily to forget that last year how much these two were bickering back and forth the trading of cooper the, the trading of mac which is obvious if you take any the t- your best defensive and offensive player and trade them away no head coach is going to be happy so i think right. it's very impressive what they've done um i love their offensive line i love josh jacobs i think if they're able to bring in a legit wide receiver this offense could get really interesting they already have darren waller um, they got to sure up the back. I mean, there's still a lot of holes, but this team's got a lot of belief. You know, you're moving to Vegas next year, so that presents its own um, um, own challenges that uh, the Las Vegas Knights, if you want to do any reading, I think more for the road teams coming in, but something we'll be talking about next year. For no sure. shit. I want to make two quick points uh, on the Raiders real quick before we move into kind of our marquee matchups in the NFL is they, they have four losses this year. They're, they've played a tough schedule. They've beaten up on bad teams, but their four losses are to the Chiefs early in the season, game two, healthy Mahomes, the Vikings on the road, the Packers on the road, and the Texans on the road. I mean, those are not – they haven't lost to a terrible team. They're five and four, and they are about to go play the Bengals and the Raiders over the next two games. So they could yeah. be seven and four pretty easily. Pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, or excuse uh, me, the Bengals and the uh, – yeah. Bengals and Jets the next two games. So, I mean, I think that's a – I think it sets them up to maybe be the sixth seed, which I never thought we'd say about this Raiders team. Yeah, that the AFC, that those wow. those wild cards are wide open for anyone who wants to take a gander. So Very true. Oh, well, to your point, we'll move into some marquee matchups over – I didn't think we'd spend so much time on, so apologies there. But nah. uh, we, <laughs> we have Thursday night football – Two teams also battering for playoff spots. The Browns aren't technically eliminated yet. Pittsburgh heads on the highway. The Cleveland Browns are a three-point favorite over under a 40-and-a-half, another low total. Uh, J-Mac, I'll start with you here. Um, We've seen somehow a Ben Roethlisberger-less Steelers uh, bid led by Mason Rudolph in an elite defense the past couple weeks, but they have had a lot of games at home. They now head on the highway in a short week. Uh, Mike Tomlin came out earlier this week, said he doesn't make the schedule. He'll just show up and play whenever. So absolutely. Uh, where are we at with this game, Jay Macker? Is this is Cleveland foolish to be favorites? Yes, absolutely. I'm actually going to bet on the Steelers here. And you guys know me. I'm not a huge Steelers believer, but Tomlin's taken. This might be the finest coaching job that I've seen out of Tomlin yet. Mika Fitzpatrick is incredible. That that trade is looking more and more you know, like it was a genius move. It, it just in general, I don't think the Browns can hold up. I mean, they they had eight different situations where they could have scored in the red zone last week and couldn't make that happen and settle for a field goal. Like I don't understand 
how that's fucking possible when you've got Nick Chubb. Like, I, I just I don't get it. And I don't believe in this Browns team even a little bit. And there's no such I can't thing. Tell. There's no such thing as Baker magic whatsoever. Give me the Steelers here all day long. Man, it, it's tough. You know, I, we always say when, when it's a great game, like with that uh, Patriots and Ravens matchup, we say, you know, stay away from it, but just enjoy the game. This is like a stay away from it and don't watch this game because there's not a lot to enjoy here for me. It was Mason Rudolph versus a really struggling Baker against it. You know, a defense that's playing well, the JV's point. Minka, you know, everyone knows the stats. I think he has five picks in the last you know, three or four games. I mean, he's just going off. I just – I can't get around laying or taking these points. I get where your head's at there, J-Mac, and I don't think it's crazy. It's just not something that I, I want to be a part of in that game. The AFC North rivalry matchup, short rest. Um, it's a weird feel. I mean, twist my arm. I'm going to say the Steelers actually win this game, but I just – because I don't believe in the Browns at all. But uh, for selfish reasons, I want to see OBJ get going. It's it's kind of amazing how a so-called great offensive mind and, you know, having Jarvis across the on the other side, he just hasn't got it going. And he doesn't look – I'm watching him. He's still a, the same athlete. He just doesn't look interested in his routes. It's like yeah. he gives up on half his routes. It's a uh, Randy Moss in, in Oakland type of situation. Oh, wow. That's wow. a reference. Damn. What a yeah. What a callback. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. To your point, Mickey Fitzpatrick's been a huge addition for this team. They were getting roasted in the slot before he came over. Mm-hmm. You know, he is listed at safety, but plays over 50% of the time in that slot. And, and this division in the AFC, specifically, a lot of great guys. And, again, it was more of a move to bring in. They know their top competition is uh, the Patriots and Chiefs. You look at Edelman and Tyree Kill, you got to have a guy to shut that down. So, uh, that's a lot of what their success has been. TJ Watt getting healthy coming off that edge, but yeah, it is a short week. I, I'm not sure the Steelers are going to get their full concentration here. I think the Browns do have a little bit of momentum. It, it feels like they finally got off that monkey off their back with getting that win versus Buffalo, even though they try to do everything possible not to secure that win. Um, and yeah, it is a divisional game, a familiar opponent. Cleveland should certainly be rocking. The Steelers do travel well, but you know, you look at the line, it's telling me that these two teams are even, and I just can't agree with that. I, I, Mason Rudolph has not shown me anything. It's a team that continues to win every week by a, kind of the Patriots way of getting def- defensive turnovers for touchdowns, team making their own mistakes. So I, I'm just – I'm not willing to take that opportunity where the Browns are going to be uh, having to shoot themselves in the foot. And we saw a team last week of the Atlanta Falcons give an all-in effort for their head coach, Dan Quinn, and I think that's got to be the message this week with Freddie Kitchens. Hey, we, we got to do what we had to do last year, which is win out to have a chance for the playoffs. And we got to start right now uh, with the Bills and now the Steelers. So I think we may have seen some magic coming back. They did move the ball really well. To your point, Odell Beckham saw a season high in targets. Um, I'm, I, I get where you guys are coming from, but I just think it's to the point where the Steelers are being a little overvalued for a, a guy who should not be starting the NFL, let alone be a backup. Mason Rudolph is an inept quarterback in my mind. That was very unfair of, of your little jab at the Patriots. I just want to put that in there. Like th- that, that infers that they only win because other teams make mistakes, and that's not true. They do. That is, a- that is absolutely untrue. They, they beat the shit out of every other team except for the Ravens. Okay, and the, bill. The, only, um, the only bet I'm confident in is is JB uh, JB taking jabs at the Patriots. Yeah. Heavy over. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, well, to another divisional matchup, the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off a of bye week face the Indianapolis Colts as a minus 
three-point favorite. We don't have an over-under right now, and kind of the minus three is a soft number because we don't have um, too much information currently on Jacoby Brissett, mm. uh, who is a guy who is being questionable right now. It sounds like certainly the team does want him to play after what we saw with Brian Hoyer being uh, unable to move the ball for about a half a game versus Miami. So, uh, Colin, I'm going to head to you first. I, I, Nick Foles is back. You know, the Minshew's going to the bench. Is this a good thing or a bad thing for the Jaguars? Honestly, I think this Jaguars team is is in more trouble than people realize. I think the defense is still really solid, but I don't know what they have in Gardner Minshew fully. And Big Dick Nick is a solid quarterback, but is he really going to do more for you than like 8-8? Eight and eight? Mm, I mean, at this point, that's – I mean, and I, I guess went a Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, get- I knew, knew JV was coming with that, but it's like that that was Carson Wentz MVP form that got them into that position. Uh I'm sorry. He he went into regular season. He went in the playoffs. Three games. He, he was an underdog for every single game. So you play Nick Foles over Minshew, hands down. Absolutely. Look, Minshew's great. And and I've I've gone on record with quarterbacks. I can't stand evaluations where people don't factor in accuracy or think that they can fix it. You can't fix a guy mm-hmm. who's 22 years old and inaccurate in his whole career. It's the same problem with Blaine Gabbard. It's been the same problem with all these spread Spisky. kids who just threw in yep. the wide open windows in the in the Big 12 and other schools. Minshew's a very accurate quarterback. It's why he was brought into Washington State under Mike Leach. His arm strength's not elite. He's going to be a guy who probably has a Case Keenum-type career. You know, I would say Case Keenum is his, probably his ceiling, and you're probably looking at Trevor Simeon as his floor, just oh, yeah. based on arm I strength. I don't you're looking at too. a guy who could probably be a back-end-type quarterback, a fill-in, a spot-sitter, or just a solid backup. You know, Straight a guy yeah. who's not going to lose you games. But it's not a guy that you're paying a ton of money for, and at the end of the day, it's the same thing with, with baseball. You guys got – Two right fielders, one's hitting 250, the other's hitting 250, but you spent a first-round pick on one guy, and the other guy you signed is a 34-year-old veteran. You're going to give the young kid a look because you took him in the damn first round. So right. it's, it's good the point. same situation here. You brought him in to win games. You're in a position where you can win and make a run. You bring Foles back. You thank Gardner Minshew, but his magic, I, it, it, he's not going to lead you to the promised land. So if Foles is playing on Sunday, I do think he's going to be obviously pretty rusty. And it looks like – so Zach Kiefer, which is the Colts guy from The Athletic, um, an hour ago said that – you know Frank Wright basically said Jacoby's go, going to play, barring any setbacks, he had a full practice right. today. So I think this line – if it's three and Jacoby's playing, I think they have a bounce-back game at home. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'd lay it with my own money, but I, I certainly want to take the Jags plus three here. Um, with Nick coming back, that just doesn't that doesn't really interest me. I want to see if they get T. Y. Hilton back, though. I mean, I think we've all probably heard the stat on ESPN or a pregame show or something. The you know in T. Y.'s uh, career, the Colts are zero and seven without him. Right, that's a big deal. I mean, he is their best skill position player. With all due respect to Marlon Mack um, and Ebron and the tight ends, I mean, he's just their best offensive player. And if he's if uh, he's not going to play, if he's in the game, this team. Um, I think without him, they're very pedestrian and close to the Jags, but I'll take them at home as for a bounce-back win after the debacle of last week. 
I have no idea what's going to happen in this game. I'm staying away from it entirely. <laughs> I, I think th- that's fair. This is exactly how you feel about the Steelers and and the Browns. I just I yeah. I, I, I no idea. La- By the way, last I our uh, last book I saw it had the over under at forty three and a half. JB, would, would you take over that, or do you, do you have any clue either? Um, yeah, I, I would look under there. Same. Kind of Kyle's point. Um, in my thing with the Colts is if, if you're going to still employ an inventory, I'm not betting on you because <laughs> he can't make extra points. He can't kick field goals. And for some godforsaken reason, the Colts feel some, it's like that guy who's been there too long. You go to him like, look, we don't want to fire you, but you can't keep coming to work. So <laughs> you, I, I, but he keeps coming to work. Do it. <laughs> yeah. And I think the Colts were hoping that, you know, he had those couple games. It seemed like he, I don't know if it was a different twitch in his giddy up. It seemed like he maybe was back on the right track and now it's looked awful good. So you got to go to him and say, hey, get out of here. Let's go get young Huku from wherever he's at with the Patriots or Atlanta now. Anyone. I mean, this is bad. Special teams player of the week, though. I, 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 so I, I can't take, I can't take the fact I'm going to bet on a team who, do, who has, looks like he's hurt. I mean, it just looks like you're watching a old man trying to kick your old man who's pulled his groin to continue to try to kick. Yeah. I mean, does he have nine kids that we don't know about and paying child support like Cromarty? I mean, Marty, gotta be, I, I mean, wouldn't you just, I mean, I, besides what stay away, he, I, gun to my he, head. I'm taking the Jags, but he was just, born when the Led Zeppelin four album came out. I just want to point that out real quick. <laughs> That's something. Uh, I mean, yeah, he was the original, you you original, original child on the Brady Bunch. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the I lost mean, episode, I think. All right, there we go. Well, What's up next? Uh, we got two other AFC teams who are probably going to be more in the conversation, possibly representing the AFC. The Houston Texans head on the highway to face the Baltimore Ravens, a four-point favorite, over under forty-nine and a half. Say two of more of the top offenses doing it in different ways. The Ravens through the ground game, the Texans through the air. Um, J-Mac, I'm going to start with you. You're very familiar with what this Ravens team can do at home and beating up on good teams. Mm. Um, Where do you see this line with minus four? Is that going to keep drifting out, or do you think there's some value with the Texans coming back here? It's interesting. It it looks like, because I think it opened at four and a half, and it's moved to four back. So, I mean, the, the public money is a little split on it, but it's... Move towards the the Texans as some value. Me, I'm taking Baltimore here and laying the points no problem. I, it's not a matter. It's gonna be this is gonna be a shootout game regardless of what happens. An over under forty nine and a half is unbelievable. Um, I, I still would even consider taking over that because that is just. I mean, this there's gonna be a lot of points scored here. You've got arguably two of the most talented quarterbacks in this league going up against each other, but I think that Texans defense is way worse. And I, at the end of the day, I trust. Harbaugh to game plan over Bill O'Brien any day of the week. Yeah, that's fair. And the dude, I mean, the secondary of the Texans is the real issue. It's right. not. Re- it's not really the the well, the pass rush. Now that obviously you traded Clowney at the beginning of the year, you lose JJ Watt. I mean, really, all you have up front there is merciless. So the secondary is the issue for Houston. And I agree. I, I think I like the over here more than anything, just because Lamar and Deshaun are two guys that they can just quite frankly change a game much faster than any, anybody else in this league, aside from, you know, Rogers, Mahomes, Wilson, like they're right there in that category. Uh, the four points though, you seem pretty confident that on that J Mac, I don't know if you, I mean, I know the Texans are pretty much my, my adopted second team here in this show. I don't know if I would, I, I wouldn't be so quick to lay that. I think I would, I think I would take the points is I, I like the Texans in a tease. I like getting them to double digits. Cause, uh, 
you know, Deshaun in the last five minutes just seems to score like two touchdowns every time. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Texans win this game. I think both of you guys would be. Yeah, I mean, I think you want to look at exactly what the Ravens did when they dismantled the New England Patriots. They took long drives. They suffocated the Patriots. They only made one to two mistakes. So the Patriots typically need about four to seven to, you know, outright win these games. So um, I, I, I get your point looking at the teaser leg with them. It's certainly not a bad way to look. I'd maybe look more at the over so, just because I, say, I think yeah. just like what the Ravens did versus the Patriots, they got up big, took these eight to ten minute chunk drives. So uh, the over is intriguing. I think the first half over may be a way to look just from that point. Um, if the Ravens do get up big, just like they did versus the Patriots again, if they're weighing on the Texans and just running the game down. And uh, Jimmy Smith is back for Baltimore as well. So I, I, he's a guy that cannot necessarily remove uh, DeAndre Hopkins, but certainly neutralize him. So yeah, uh, he's, but I, I do agree. I like the over. I guess I'm. it's only at, what, 49 and a half? I thought it would yeah. have been high. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised about that too. It seems like it's moved back and forth, but still – like it's kind of seems to be floating back to 49 and a half almost every time I've seen it. Yeah, I like so, that number a lot. So something again, we talk about this every week. So this is a team up in the Midwest. You want to look at weather. We haven't taken a look yet. You don't want to get too far ahead, but there could be a situation where there's some snow or wind in the forecast, which um, I'm not wanting to get involved on either side of that. And in that case with the over under. That's fair. Let me ask you this real quick if before we're going to transition. Next five years, not ten, five years, Deshaun Lamar or Lamar? Jackson. Over Deshaun. Lamar, Lamar's the best quarterback yeah, future in the league outside of Patrick Mahomes. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't have any problem with that. We actually, Kyle and I had a big discussion about this the other day, and it the Outside of Mahomes, I mean, they're just they're kind of talented in different ways. Or I should say this: they lead their teams in different ways, and they make their teams win in different ways, which is both very unique but very different and I, there's i mean that that jb you saw that 46 yard touchdown that lamar ripped off the other day like that was a thing of beauty uh, unreal i mean when he walks out there everyone else looks like the short kid at recess you're getting shoved over and pushed <laughs> down on no one cares so it's what he did to the patriots he basically he was a fifth grader at recess the Patriots were a first grader with glasses on in the corner, and they kicked the kickball right in their face and pissed down their leg. That's sure. all that happened. Sure. Okay. That was like three Patriots This is in one game preview. I'm impressed yeah. by that. I mean, you you're seem, working them in pretty delicately. You seem incredibly triggered by this, which I, I find <laughs> delightful, actually. I'm starting to just love it. I'm not even mad about it anymore, honestly. So my, my argument, though, for Deshaun is that he's 80% of the athlete but has 175% of the arm talent. But he has Bill O'Brien as his head yeah. coach. So I'm just that's worried. not his problem, though. But I'm just saying, hypothetically, you're starting a team for five five seasons. I'm taking Deshaun yeah. over. I don't – my thing is, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not his problem, but he's, he's a good enough quarterback to your point where I don't know a situation where they're going to have a bad enough year where they finally ax him. That's, that is a yeah. true issue. They're always going to be like nine and seven or better. But uh, either way, I – think you're they're both winners i think we can all agree on that is both those dudes are winners and that's a big part of it to me it's not just about the talent but yeah i mean you look at that division too i mean the colts don't scare you looking forward until they get a legit quarterback i mean i love that roster don't get me wrong that roster up and down is extremely talented but i'm not exactly stalled on jacoby Brissett. i know some advanced analytics like what he's done but he doesn't throw the ball over 10 yards so 
when you're not a deep, then there's not a deep threat. There's not a guy that's able to take it over the top. Eventually, that's going to catch up to you. Typically in the playoffs, um, I, I guess the Jags are a total mystery. Um, so I guess when you're looking at ahead, Houston's probably going to have a lot of success in this division over the next yep. decade with him. So we'll learn. We'll learn about them on December first when they when they play the Patriots. But I saw Deshaun Watson get kicked in the face and then throw a game winning touchdown. And I watched him beat Alabama with not quite as good of a team. So I mean. That guy to me is just a winner, and and J Mac knows how how much I should be like Deshaun Watson's publicist, man. Really I love should. that guy more than anybody. Yeah. You really should. I mean, you should get off of his waistband too. But um, you know, we'll we'll, we'll digress there. Um, JV's just taking out his his gambling woes yeah. on everybody now, man. Yeah, he's just Damn, hey, we, spitting fire we got all over to. the place. <laughs> we got to. Well, uh, let's talk about two two other teams that we've mentioned already in this podcast. New England Patriots coming off uh, a bye week and uh, before that a tough loss to Baltimore. Three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road versus Philadelphia. Over under uh, a little bit higher than I thought, 44-and-a-half. Uh, we'll start with our resident uh, Patriots expert. J-Mac, how's this team handling the loss? I think that Bill will have lit into their ass for two weeks in a row. I'm laying this no problem. And I also feel like Philly's going to, start reverting a little bit back to what they should be. I don't think that Phil, I mean, like that Buffalo loss or uh, win that they had was, I mean, it was a good win for them, but I mean, it wasn't as quite as easy as it should have been. I, I just, I always trust the way that they respond to loss well. And this is a team that they kind of, it's an emotional thing too, right? They've lost a Super Bowl to them and that tends to matter in situations like that. And I, it doesn't, but it does, right? And you also have some situations where you're getting Kadeel uh, healthy. You've got, you know, you you just start. You just came off a of bye week. You're you're feeling good. You're feeling rested. You're feeling more healthy. I think, I I think that the Ravens' game plan for the Patriots. Well, I told you guys that was the game that I've been concerned about since week one of that schedule, and I I had a feeling that could be a situation where they tripped up, and I was right about that because it, it just seemed like that was a spot where they could kind of. You could find wrinkles in the sheets to to throw at Bill Belichick, which is something you don't usually see. So I'm laying the points here with this, no problem. Three and a half, it's easy. The over under is is pretty high though. I was actually pretty surprised about that. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I just I, I wish I could get a stat on how many times Bill Belichick has lost back to back games uh, in his in his tenure as a Patriot. It's, it's not good. They they cover about nearly seventy percent of the time. After a loss, and I would imagine after a bye week, they have a pretty good record as well. Yep, and, and I think this Eagles team is very mediocre. I think they're going to have some pretty high highs and some really low lows. Uh, I, I like the Pats minus three and a half all day here. Um, a tease to to them at like plus three almost seems criminal. Like both these teams are coming off bye weeks. I, I'm still not sold on the Patriots offense as much as J-Mac doesn't want to worry about not having a downfield threat I'm or shocked. anyone over the middle at tight end. Doesn't that, matter. That's fine. It, I, I know. And, that, and that's fine. Um, and then on the other side, I have great concerns about Philadelphia's offense without Deshaun Jackson. They yes. have a banged up Jeffrey who's got an ankle injury. Um, that's really a guy that was helping this offense become what it needed to be to stretch the field, allow Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard to do their thing. Um, I'm not sure Jordan Howard really fits exactly everything that they want in a running back, and they let, haven't let Miles Sanders loose yet. And this is the point where we see rookie running backs really get let out of the barn. 
You saw it with David Montgomery last week. You've seen it with Devin Singletary the past couple weeks. Jacobs. So I'm really looking at this point is, are we going to let Miles Sanders do his thing? Because he's a workhorse. He's a kid who is just right up there with Saquon Barkley at Penn State. He, he's an absolute dynamic back who can go sideline to sideline rather than Jordan Howard, who's a one-cut runner. He's not going to make anyone dramatically miss. So I'm going to be interested with the bye week. Doug Peterson is a great game prepper. If he's able to take that extra time, implement some new game plans, get Miles Sanders more comfortable in what they're doing with this team, knowing now that, hey, Deshaun's out. We, we need to scrap that part of the playbook. We don't have that guy. And I had two weeks to figure that out. So I I have the three and a half seems like value for to me for Philadelphia. I think you can probably tick up their home field advantage a half point. Uh, that's certainly a rowdy place. So if you're reversing yep. this, you're telling me the Patriots would be around minus 10 at home versus Philly. Um, I'd be running all day to take that. So mm. I think there's an opportunity to take Philly in some teasers because I don't think the Patriots right now are designed to blow anyone out unless you're throwing picks left and right. And I just think we get an all-in effort from Carson Wentz. Uh, I certainly understand the revenge factor, but this is a guy who wants revenge as well. He didn't get to play in that Super Bowl and beat Tom Brady. This is probably his last chance to do so. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I think it's going to be low scoring back and forth. I, I can't wait to watch it. I think we're going to learn yeah. a lot about both teams. I think both teams have better defenses. Uh, you know, in the top half of the NFL, both offenses have a lot of question marks. So I think we're going to learn a little bit more about the offenses than we, than we've had to this point in the season. It does yeah. look like Nikhil Harry's going to play by the way. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Yeah. Can't, can't wait can't to out see of Arizona state. 40. Yeah, absolute freak. I would say some could argue the number one wide receiver coming out in the draft. So I, there, there's a clear opportunity for him to grab targets on this team early. And I agree with you, J-Mac. I think if he's earned that trust, he did work in the offseason with Tom Brady, did tons of reading there. He, he was an absolute perfect fit for this team. They did their homework. They don't take kids that don't fit in early, especially on the skill position side. So for them to take a wide receiver this high in the draft, they felt really comfortable with his body of work and work ethic. So definitely, I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you. Well, to a couple other NFC teams on that side with the Eagles, the Bears had on the road to the Rams, I'd say probably the two most disappointing teams and question marks we have. But fortunately, we do have a game in a line. Uh, the Rams are a six-and-a-half-point favorite over under 40-and-a-half. And I think last year, if you would have told us we could get a Rams game just above 40 and it's not a team total, we would have been running to lay the over. So, um, J-Mac, I see you shaking your head. What's your even thoughts on either one of these teams? <laughs> I have we no both, idea. <laughs> we both got shafted by the Rams. I don't Badly. And that's why I, I was shaking my head originally because I we really felt like, like I think the obvious logic was that we felt like the Rams could actually kind of – get things right and, and use that game to right the ship last week. They did not. And that team kind of stinks. And it feels like the NFL has figured them out is really what it comes down to for me. I, But on the other side of this, I mean, I don't trust the Bears either. And I mean, this is a big game for the Bears. I'll say that. And I mean, if anything, I would maybe take them as a value at plus six and a half but I really don't know what's going to happen in this game either. And I know that's a shitty take, and it's non-committal. So, I mean, if I'm going to commit to anything, it's going to be the Bears plus the points. I don't even know if the Bears win this game, but I just I don't really believe in this Rams team anymore, and they just have not looked good for the last three or four weeks. 
They really it's, haven't. It's hard to believe in him, and I think we're all believers in McVay. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to give up on him yet, but I mean, at a certain point, it's like I think I'm going defending the guy for the last you know six weeks, and it's just getting harder and harder. Uh, that being said, though, the, the six and a half, that's a big number. I think if it was a full touchdown, I'd maybe look at the Bears. I don't know if I'm going to play this. If I did, I, I like the Rams in a bounce back game, although it just scares me that like Cooper Cup didn't have a catch last week. You know, he's on my fantasy team. I'm waiting for him to get yeah. points. I'm like, what's going on? Did he get hurt in the first quarter? No, he was playing the whole game. Just didn't yeah. have an, a, 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 an interception. It's just hard to believe. So, you know, I, I think. This is a big game for both teams. I think whoever whoever loses this is certainly eliminated from the playoffs with the way the NFC is shaping up. Um, looking at this game, though, if I'm putting money on it, I think I would go with a, a six-point teaser to get the Rams to essentially a pick them and then the over 34-and-a-half. I think that would be the only way to play this for me. I don't, I don't trust the Rams to win this by a touchdown. Yeah, you certainly want to look at Jared Goff's home and road splits. They've been kind of, to this point, very public about, uh, you know, where he feels comfortable and not comfortable, and the the numbers show that. So um, it's a team we're very high on coming in this season. I I do love Sean McVay and what he does, but at the end of the day, you have to look at, you know, the body at work and what they have. That offensive line's probably the worst in the NFL to this point. Um, They love using play action. Jared – I'm going to take a step back. I think the biggest issue is going to be the offensive line. Goff's not a guy that's going to sit in the pocket and take a hit. Bill Belichick loved to bring pressure from different places. It forced him to throw the ball way earlier than he wanted to, and that's just what we continue to see teams. Belichick put on a blueprint to how to stop this team, and McVay hasn't adjusted yet, unfortunately. So just a lost year to me with these guys. Um, You look at the Chicago Bears team, a team that certainly has that ability to rush the quarterback. I'm just not sure anyone can get involved in the over with these two teams, but I'm not sure what the Rams are moving forward either. Cause the offensive line, you certainly can fix, but they don't have draft picks coming up anytime soon. It's a team that committed a lot of money to Jared Goff, to Brandon cooks, to Todd Gurley. You don't have a ton of flat cap flexibility. You have to resign Jalen Ramsey after what you gave up to him. So I'm not really sure that we see this team get, you know, good anytime soon again i mean is you guys think mcveigh could be out of there sooner than later i mean not not by getting fired because i don't think he would but just by his choice going looking at the team going oh, God, I don't, that's I a good point that's possible yeah yeah for that, sure he's not gonna way, get fired yeah that would be the way it would happen i mean that's a very good point but i mean at that i mean you're right about the money thing too because that thing is a mess going forward and yeah i mean i tru- looked at it the, truly, the other day it was it was depressing yeah and truly like i don't i don't know how they're going to re-sign jalen ramsey i i mean we could get into that in the offseason and everything because i think that's definitely we're talking about more in depth but i would want to see the i would want to talk about the numbers specifically now have them in front of me but i know that I mean, there's a t- there's definitely a team that could go out there and pay him out from under them, and I mean, he's a Dude, I mean, if they paid Jalen fair market value, like seventeen, eighteen million a year with Sue, Goff, and Gurley, I mean, that's like fifty percent of the cap right there, if right. not more. Right? Oh, up, yeah, but, yeah. You're well, not Sue, Aaron Donald, or excuse me, I always want to call him Sue, Aaron Donald. I mean, because you got to look at it. That's between those guys close to close to 90 mil 100 mil and i think it's we're looking at like a 180 plus cap 188 somewhere in there so i mean you got 48 other rosters you got to split up and i just it's not enough money 
Well, yeah, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now and it's a tough situation. You're looking at um, what they have going into next year. Uh, it's only $28 million in total cap space as of right now. <laughs> that's not looking at who's expiring, you know, like that's crazy. That's not looking at free agents, rookies coming in. Uh, Jalen Ramsey would certainly acquire more. And I mean, uh, Goff's number is pretty brutal. His cap number is 36 million. Oh. I mean, that that's tough. This is a team that, uh, yeah, I just think they've kind of mismanaged to a little bit, but they sh- signed Sean McVay to a five-year extension after the Super Bowl. Uh, certainly, a guy they locked up. So I- I'm just not sure. I-, I truly hope we get him out of there because I think he is an elite head coach. And I-, I just, I've never been a golf believer, even this whole time. It- it's just, yeah, it's not him. Last year it wasn't him. This year it's not. He's horrendous. It's not a guy that I would want to hang my hat on. So I'll be interested to see if he. What was the last time we've had a head coach get traded outside of Doc Rivers in the NBA? Mm, it's been a while. I haven't seen a good coach trading in quite some time. <laughs> There's nothing many good rare. coaches in the NFL to trade. It's true. Yeah, or the Raiders. I mean, that. I mean, go figure. Uh, wow. So yeah, something certainly to monitor that we'll get into a little bit more in the offseason. But yeah, I, I think if I had to, I'd take the Rams. Just from a possible bounce back spot, I do like again Goss home and road splits. Um, just something he's more comfortable with. But I, I don't like either way. I just think it's hard to get on Chicago right now with what oh, we've yeah. seen out of Trubisky. That guy's just a that guy's a mentally an absolute train wreck. This could be a really ugly game. I want a, uh, a I want a flash take from you guys. I don't want analysis. I don't want anything. I just want to say. I just want a, a quick take from you guys. Uh, what would you say the odds are of Jameis being there next year? Where? In Chicago? In Chicago. Zero. Okay. One. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> Just one, one. Got it. All right. Yeah, sorry. One. There is a chance. Okay. Will a it happen? Chance. No. Okay. All right. We'll see. Well, we'll perfect to, to our marquee matchup of the week. We have the Kansas City Chiefs. Did you just lift your shirt up, J Mac? No, I just want to, you know. Okay. Just right. making sure everybody sees this, you know, not over till October. You got to get there to know or steal signs. One of the two. It's a good point. Um, Kansas City Chiefs head on the road as a four point favorite. They face divisional uh, foe, the LA Chargers, over under 52. Uh, both teams coming off very disappointing losses. The Chargers certainly should have beaten the Oakland Raiders, and Kansas City had a chance to even cover the game before they let Ryan Tannehill come back and destroy him. So, uh, J-Mac, I want to start with you. I guess uh, which team do you expect to bounce back more, the Chargers at home or the Chiefs on the road? Chiefs, no doubt about it. I don't trust the Chargers as far as I can throw them. They have pissed away every opportunity of hope that they've had this year. Uh, I mean, Kansas City all the way. I mean, I, I I think it was one of those things where the Titans definitely game plan for them well. And, you know, Mahomes still isn't quite there, right? Like, he's just not quite. Oh, he's at 60%. Yeah, and that's fine. But he's just, you can tell. And they game plan the hell out of that. And that's fine. Vrabel's great at that. It's the Tennessee problem is not, we can get into that later. But their their biggest issue is is their coordinators and the way they they call plays during the game. But they, they game plan decent. And that's what they did here. Uh, but I'm still taking Kansas City all day long. I think they bounce back in great fashion. 52, I'd probably stay away from that. If anything, I might go the under. It's going to be really close. 52 is a really good number. It is. That KC defense is pretty bad, though. I mean, so they've bad. been getting gashed. And Melvin Gordon has really been turning it on and running really hard the last couple of weeks. Um, 
I think he's going to get going. I think this is going to be a tough game for for KC, but I'm still going to pick them just because, like you said, I mean, I trust the Chargers about as much as I trust the Scientologists. Like, it's just not a team I'm interested in in getting one bit. Uh, Damn. God, we're just taking shots this episode. <laughs> Fiery-ass episode. I love it. Thanks, people don't know. Roll, I feel bad. Right like, the it, listeners man. are like, what are these guys laughing at? Just so many inside things going on. Like, they just hate each other. Oh, They're just all mad at each other. <laughs> God damn it. But, you know, you look at the uh, – the body of work from the Chargers this this uh, year. I know that they've kind of bounced back, I guess, a little bit from the two and five starts. Still not very impressive to me. And you know, Philip Rivers, his entire career was a guy that was pretty talented, but you just couldn't trust him. And now it's just an older version of that and a less talented version of that. So now he's just like a mediocre quarterback you can't trust. Like his throwing motion just gets worse and worse every year. Like it's just. It, it, it like gives me anxiety when he tries to throw the ball. It's like, how does an NFL quarterback throw it like that? Yeah, it's uh, a shame. Yeah, it goes back to my fifth grader and first grader reference. But yep. <laughs> um, I also think Keenan Allen is in a terrible situation during his prime. He is. Yeah, it, well, that's what I thought about DeAndre Hopkins, though, too. I had him in a dynasty league, and that was when Brock Osweiler was there, Rip Brocktober. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, you know what? I got this guy entering his prime. He looks awful. I don't see them having a top pick anytime soon. And I traded him. You know, it's just funny how things fall into your lap. And especially in a quarterback draft where you're talking about Tua, Joe Burrow, uh, Jacob Eason, Justin Herbert. So, I mean, it could be a situation where th- these losses end up being a beneficiary for sure. the Chargers, where they end up, you know, maybe sneaking into the top 10 and getting a guy that. Uh, you know, Jacob Eason coming out of high school is number one kid. People were sure. talking about this kid already as the number one pick. And, you know, some things didn't fall his way at Georgia. Jake Fromm came in, but he certainly came with all the talent. So uh, certainly discussion for the offseason. But I, I'm with you. I'm not sure where these two teams are at. I think four points is a, is a touch high for a division game. Two, guys, two teams very familiar with each other. I, I do think we'll see certainly them try to establish the run game. But Kansas City's got to refocus. I think the defense took last week off. They felt like Patrick Mahomes came back. Uh, it's a defense that we saw Chris Jones get back and healthy for them. Uh, that shored up that run defense, which had been gashed with their both their DTs out. So I think this is a get right game for them. They know they can't drop it. It would just be too important. But God, the four just seems high for an on the road game uh, with two teams who know what each other are going to do. But uh, without Derwin James on the defense, I do worry what the Chargers can do to slow down Kelsey and or Hill. Yeah, Hill, Hill is going to be the X factor in this game. They don't have a corner to keep up with him. Uh, I mean, very few do, but even try to slow him down. I, I think, I, yeah, like I said, I'm going to lay these points. I'm going to trust Mahomes to bounce back here. I like I like a high scoring game, and um, you know, I look for I look for Mahomes to have a wild game here. I'm going like 304 four TDs. Yeah, I like the first half for them. I think obviously Andy Reid's a terrific game planner, one of the best in the NFL. Um, in rivers always seems to make games out of nothing when you think that they're left for dead i mean look at what they spot pittsburgh on that monday night football game a 24 nothing lead and they you know had the chance they had the ball down three uh and that came in the fourth quarter so um a game that i think i'll maybe look in that first half for kansas city possibly team total as well andy reed finds a way to fire up his teams get him out firing early on but as we saw, you know, same thing with Kansas City on the road versus Oakland. They got up big, you know, 28-7, then cruised, cruised in. So 
I don't think that they're going to release Mahomes if they can get that lead. He's not fully healthy. He probably won't be the rest of the year. So unless you have to push it, I just don't think that they will. So uh, maybe a live betting opportunity if you can look to get you know the Chargers at double digits or better. Sure. Okay. Well, J-Mac, uh, we're going to head to uh, maybe our least favorite part of the episode for this God. week. We had the best bets. Kyle Beat saved us with a 3-0 week on his end. J-Mac and I went combined 1-5, so maybe look to fade us. But brings us to a 41-31 uh, record. Still still very feasible long-term. So uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint for you guys. But um, let's start. Let's switch it up. Let's start in the NFL ranks. Um you told me you, or, you know, let's start with the dog of the week. You told me you were thinking Pittsburgh. You really like them. Are you sticking with them as a dog? NFL, where are you looking for a dog this week? Yeah, I'm going with Pittsburgh as my dog of the week for sure. Yeah. Okay. I, I like that. Um, I'm actually going uh, to the college ranks for my dog and uh team that JB had a little success with earlier uh, this year on the road. I'm taking uh, the Kansas Jayhawks. They're plus 18 at Oklahoma State. Wow. I'll go. Yeah. You know what? Plus seventeen and a half. It looks like the consensus. Uh, so I'll, I'll be. I'll be fair. I'll go plus seventeen and a half. Ku. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting line as well. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State's had some injuries, but team that's thrown up a lot. So I don't know if Les Miles Magic's running out, but yeah, that, that's a that's one to monitor. Um, gonna have the NFL after that TCU blown cover. I'm not no on any part of college football. <laughs> uh, we're gonna head to a divisional matchup between the New Orleans Saints and, uh, wow, Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay Buccaneers. Apologize for that. Buccaneers plus six at home. Uh, Andres Pete out for the Saints. I think certainly mm-hmm. Ndamukong Sue in the interior of that team could have some success shutting it down. Um, I, I just, I'm not sure exactly what the Saints are. I haven't been sold on them to this point. I think heading on the highway to humidity, uh, to a Buccaneers team that seems like every week they're competitive, whether they're playing Seattle or Arizona, it's going to be a close game. So in a tight divisional game, we'll take the plus six, and hopefully it lies within the number. I think okay. it's fair. I mean, you got two of the 15 best wide receivers, man, and Kamara hasn't got it going, so I, I like that. Did you see the stat that the Saints throw 70% of their targets to Michael Thomas? I mean, they are yeah. actually throwing to Michael Thomas pretty much all the time. They are saying we don't have anyone else. We don't care. And people still can't stop it. That that's yeah, the his mind reception bo- percentage is really high. Yeah. yeah, that's the mind-boggling part to me is that somehow it even works. when you know, you could take a guess. Hey, we're just going to 100% of the time key in on Michael Thomas because 7 out of 10 times it's going to him and they still can't figure it out. It, mind-blowing to me that this is happening. Sean Payton but, for hey, you. Hey, Des Bryant's working out. Maybe he'll make a return Let's to go. The Maybe. That's my boy throw up the X. Um, well, let's head to the college football ranks. J-Mac, where are you taking us? I'm taking LSU to cover 21 points over Ole Miss. Ole Miss is terrible. And not worried about a letdown spot? Nah, not even a little bit. Dude, this is like J-Mac's third or fourth time to take LSU. It is, but I, it's, it's less about LSU as much as it is about Ole Miss just being bad. You know that's been my strategy the last last two weeks here. Yep, I'm, I'm trying to jump on that bandwagon. All right, Kyle, lead us to the promised land. You're hot on fading these garbage teams in college football. Yeah, I'm I'm fading the team that I still think is garbage, even though they haven't been on their resume. Um, And I don't think you're going to be too hot on this, JB. I I like Penn State minus 14 and a half at home uh, against Illinois. I agree that they're not that great of a team in terms of comparing them to those top five teams, top six teams, but they get out to hot starts in a lot of these games. They were up 21-0 on Michigan. 
And I think if they get up, you know, 28-3, 28-7 on Illinois, that's a lead that they're not going to blow. I think they can win this by, by three scores. You know, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I, I don't hate Penn State. I just – they weren't a top four team in the nation to me. And sure. I'm actually heading, oddly, to the same game with you, but on a different side with the over, over 54 points with this game. I think, to your point, Penn State does have a terrific offense. Their defense is a little bit below what I expected them to be, which we've talked about earlier on this year. I think Indiana uh, is being ranked in the polls, actually. 7-2 and two team. They've had no problem throwing up points. Even on Michigan State, they threw up 31, probably one of the better defenses they've faced. So um, I think, to your point, bounce back spot for Penn State. They know they have to come out firing here. They still kind of have an outsider's chance, I guess, if you run the table. That's um, you know, a, a weird outside chance, but certainly one. I think Penn State's throwing up 40, so I'm just going to ask Indiana to get a couple touchdowns on their own. I think 54 is extremely low for this Penn State and Indiana team, both teams who have had no problem moving the ball in the Big Ten so far. Yep, and my, my apologies. I said Illinois. Yeah, Indiana, I, I like that over a lot. I think that's going to play out pretty easily. I think you'll be in a good spot at halftime and feeling comfortable there. Yeah, I, I could definitely see a 38-7 halftime where yep. you just were cruising to the to the finish line. But, um, well, let's round it out. NFL, J-Mac, where are you taking us? Are we doing dogs or are we just doing – what are we doing here for like – We, well, we already did dogs. Oh, right. All right, we went out of order. You, so can I got take a, hey, you can take a dog if you want as your NFL pick. Yeah, I think uh, my NFL pick is still going to be Patriots minus three and a half. I just – I look for the bounce back factor more than anything else here. Fair enough. You, you going Pats? Yep. Uh, it's double up, man. Yep. That's what I got written down. I can't, I don't, I just don't get it. Minus three and a half, right? That's what you're seeing. Yep. Minus three and a half. Let's Did you guys not hear my story about the fifth and first grader at recess pissing down the legs? <laughs> it was a great story. I loved it. Give me the three and a half. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. This is a no, that's a no brainer to me. Yeah. Well, I'm going to head to a game that we talked about a little bit earlier. I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns. Um, right now, you can actually get minus two, so I misspoke earlier. You get minus two, minus 115. So we take them. I, I think the team's heading the right direction, an all-in effort game for them. Um, I know they got to win out. It's going to start this week, and I, this is more of a fade on Mason Rudolph and the Steelers. I think they're heading on the highway due for a letdown spot. I James Conner's not 100. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's some issues. There's James Conner's not 100. You know, they beat the Colts on a missed field goal by Vinatieri. They won last week by the ineptitude of Jared Goff. I mean, Rams responded a 7 nothing lead and couldn't figure out a way to do anything past that. So I just think we're being overvalued. I don't think these two teams are even, and um, I'll be interested. But, yeah, a little Thursday night for you guys. So hopefully you guys are listening early in the week. Yep. Awesome. Alrighty. Well, good week, boys. Kyle, good to have you back. Glad to be back. We'll be uh, we'll be kicking it for the rest of the season. I'm excited. We're about halfway done, a little over that, and lots of still to talk about. Lots of question marks still, it seems like, and there are a lot of things that we still haven't figured out, but we're going to get more clarity on in the coming weeks. So really excited about that. We want to remind everyone to stay tuned. Make sure to follow us on social media. That's Sensibly Loud Media on Facebook and at Sensibly Loud on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure to check out the website. That's sensiblyloud.com. And also make sure to give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. We want to hear from you guys. That number, again, to remind everyone is 972-885-9361. We'll see everybody next week.